The Daily Tap is live for Wednesday. We are talking about importance rankings for the state of Wisconsin in the month of March. A fun little segment. We'll explain it in great detail. We'll also talk about overthinking our bracket. And that will do it for today's show. I know you're like, wow, you usually do three topics. Where is it? I'm telling you the importance ranking is going to take a while. So just bear with us. Two topics. I think you'll be okay. You can follow us on all of the social media, Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Um, follow any of them. Follow all of them. Follow none of them. I don't want you to not follow any of them. Follow at least one, all right? If you're listening to the show, at least follow one of the accounts, please, okay? Uh, also, you can rate and review, um, whether it be on Apple, whether it be on Spotify. You could also subscribe if you are new to the program, you found us in some way, whether it's through the hashtag or through you know something else. You were searching Packers and you found us, great. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, we are definitely a fun group, uh, definitely a group that likes to kind of do things a little differently uh, around the world. And then um, around the world. And also, to make sure you're signing up for the bracket challenge. Great response so far. Uh, make sure you're signing up. You got one and a half days left to do it before it locks in. I'm excited to see everybody's picks. I'm excited to see everybody's final four. We're going to talk about the bracket here at the end of today's show and some of my general thoughts kind of going through it. I did a bracket today for a pool, a crazy ass pool I'm in. Should just talk about all the dumb shit I've been getting myself involved in with fantasy sports because it's it, we're getting to that point where I'm almost at the peak. Um, but I will go into that later. Um, I, I joined a baseball league that frankly terrifies me. But I will talk about that at the end of the show. That, that'll actually be like a good like Chuck's Corner. So we'll add on that. So three topics. I'm not going to leave you without three topics. We have the importance rankings. We have over we have overdoing our bracket. We have ent- entering your livelihood into crazy things that you might your ass can't catch. But that's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Let's talk about the importance rankings. Some of you are going to ask me, Charlie, what are importance rankings? Uh, the importance rankings were something we did for the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers uh, NFC Championship game. You might have, or I'm sorry, NFC Divisional game. I wish it was a championship. I don't even know if I wish it was a championship game. It sucks no matter what. It could have been a wild card game. It could have been a fucking regular season game. I think that would have sucked. But regardless, um, we did that. It got a good response. So I thought, let's bring it back. Let's do it a little differently, though. Let's not do just one game. Let's do a whole landscape of Wisconsin sports and ask how important things are. And then at the end, we will rank it. I will try to keep tabs of this um, so we can kind of look at where things fall in the importance rankings if things aren't as important anymore. There are some things that are more immediate. There are other things that are more sort of long view, um, shall we say. Um, and there are teams with multiple things where you're asking how, what's the importance of this or how important is that? So I think that it's going to be a very fun show. I'm looking forward to it. It's a little different, right? We usually talk about the topics of the day, but I feel like because things are moving so fucking quick with the NFL and even MLB free agency a little bit and the brackets are going to be out, like I want to give you guys a little more of an evergreen feel today. So you can just pop this on when you're, you know, watching the games on Thursday afternoon if you've taken off like a red-blooded American. Just a quick tangent there. I understand that a lot of us still work from home. I get that most of us are at home. We don't have to like hook up the TV at the workplace. And you're like, well, I can work and watch the games. Dude, just fucking take the afternoon off on Thursday. Take the full day on Friday. Just enjoy all of the college basketball. 
don't be bothered by emails. Don't be bothered by having to get on a call. Just enjoy basketball, block out all the noise, and just enjoy March Madness at the fullest because that, to me, is what it's all about. And I think it's something that is really... It's kind of undervalued, right? Like, I think people are like, oh, we can just, you know, we have so many different options and everything like that. Um, we are able to watch it no matter what. But it's like, you just enjoy the the month of March for what it is. Like, this is the best four days of the year. I swear to God. I know everyone's like, oh, this is the best time of the year. It is the best time of the year. There's something special about March Madness. And the fact that it falls on St. Patrick's Day makes it even more fun. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's get to these importance rankings. But just a little word of advice from your friend Charlie. So we're going to keep – I'm going to ask a question uh, myself. I'm going to ask myself a question says so I'm alone here, just sitting by myself. Um, so I'll ask myself these questions, and then I will answer. How important is Aaron Rodgers winning a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers? Very, very, very important. Uh, might be the most important thing for Wisconsin sports fans for the rest of the year. And Rodgers, obviously, the news of the day was Rodgers getting that big deal, um, getting two years, $124 million as an extension. It worked itself out to three years and $150 million. The Packers are tied up with $68 million of Aaron Rodgers' guaranteed money. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are locked in. Rodgers will be the only athlete in Green Bay Packer history to have this long of a career. Rodgers is putting himself in, build a statue for this guy, build roads, build restaurants, anything, right? Aaron Rodgers has a chance to be legendary. Now, a lot of fans are uneasy by the money. A lot of people do not like to see that. Packers are an organization, not really of owners, so you don't see these big moves usually. The Packers are more of a pragmatic team, more of a team who doesn't necessarily do this. But Green Bay is going all in for their guy because they want a Super Bowl and they think this is their best chance to get a Super Bowl. For those who said that Jordan Love was not Aaron Rodgers, they're right. They're absolutely right. I was wrong on that. I thought the reason you draft Jordan Love is because you believe that the trajectory is going to be the same as Aaron Rodgers. But as some people have foolishly said that Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre are the same thing, they're just not. That's not true. It's the same with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. It's it's not this seamless development, right? So you have Jordan Love that's not necessarily ready to go, and Green Bay knows it. And so instead of trading Aaron Rodgers to let's just say the Cleveland Browns who are in the news, Baker Mayfield, that long Marvin's Room-like letter to the Browns fans without even getting like traded, even talks and trades, nothing. All they did was have a conversation with Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield just went off the rails, uh, which is on par for Baker. No one's more dramatic than Baker Mayfield when it comes to quarterbacks. Some could say Aaron Rodgers, but I'm telling you, man, we really should actually, that's actually another good podcast. We should do like a drama kings we couldn't call them drama queens because people would probably get fucking mad but we we'll could see the thing is sometimes about this like not to side tangent here but uh drama queens just sound so much better and i know you're like well this is you're degrading this is like against women it's like no drama queens just sounds better i don't fucking care if it's a man a woman non-binary i don't give a fuck but like Drama queen just sounds better than drama king. It goes off their tongue. Drama queen, right? Drama king just ends. It's not like, I guess, drama kang. 
But uh, that sounds weird. That, that, we don't need to do that. I don't need to try that hard. Uh, back to Aaron Rodgers and the importance of the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl is extremely important for the Green Bay Packers. It's Super Bowl or bust for the next three years. And if, if Green Bay does not accomplish that goal, it's a complete and colossal failure. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is an absolute failure for the Green Bay Packers if Aaron Rodgers does not win a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. He needs to win at least one. He doesn't need to win three. He doesn't even need to win two, honestly. He just needs one. And I think really where it comes down to is he kind of needs to see that first one go in. And I feel like once the Packers get to the Super Bowl, they're going to win by double digits. Like, I think that all Rodgers needs to do is get over that NFC championship hump. And we'll see if he can do it next year. It's really fucking hard to do it. It's a really tall task for the Green Bay Packers. You could argue there's more. they bit off more than they can chew. But every Packer fan expects a Super Bowl. And they should. And they have no reason not to. How important is it to Wisconsin for Wisconsin to advance to the Sweet 16? I think it's actually pretty important, weirdly. Um, I think Milwaukee adds a layer of pressure here and a layer of importance because you're in your home home backyard. You're in your backyard. It's been pretty successful for the Badgers in the past. They were in Milwaukee when they went on their first Final Four run, I believe, and they went won both games, had a very uh, thrilling game against Oregon uh, for that second game. I think it was a Saturday night. It was a pretty rocking evening, if I can remember correctly. Uh, the Badgers took a, a very drunk fan base uh, for that. So you might not get the same with this second game being on Sunday. But you have a Wisconsin team that's facing Colgate and then probably got the best 6-11 matchup that you can get. Like if Wisconsin was playing Alabama, they wouldn't play Rutgers in Notre Dame. But uh, they're like, I'm trying to think of a good example because 6-11, who else were 6-11? So let's look here. Uh, Virginia Tech, Texas, that would be, be a little tougher, right? You have a hot Virginia Tech team, a pretty talented Texas team that you could argue should not have probably been a six seed. Not like they got screwed, like Texas didn't play well, more so that like Texas just is better than a six seed. So I think if they would have got Texas or Virginia Tech, you'd be like, okay, that's potentially an issue if Colorado State was in their region as a six I realize Michigan couldn't be similarly with Alabama right if Alabama was there but they get LSU who doesn't have a head coach they get Iowa State who is completely leaking oil I Colgate we talked about it on Monday but like I don't not really that impressed with Colgate against power six teams I, I really don't see a way Wisconsin doesn't get to the Sweet 16. Like, so I actually think it's really important for Wisconsin to get there. I think if Wisconsin doesn't get to the Sweet 16, it is a failure. Like I just said, it was a colossal failure if Packers won a Super Bowl. I, I might not go to the level of colossal because you could argue that the Badgers played above your head and the fact that Wisconsin's there, like pe- people in their preseason brackets, which is definition of nerdiness, where it's like, just touch some grass, all right? Like... It's football. No one needs a fucking bracket. Like, at least, can we just wait a month? Can we get, like, a month in? And then you can do, like, a temperature check bracket and be like, here's what we think. But uh, everybody wants page views. Like, I think Lenardi will probably have a bracket out right after the national championship game. But any of those examples, whether it was after the national championship game or before the season, Wisconsin was not on there. Wisconsin, let alone, was not a three seed, right? And so the fact that they're a three seed, you could argue that even if they don't make the Sweet 16, it is a wildly successful year. But I just think with where Wisconsin is, Milwaukee, 
and the fact that they are playing probably the weakest 6-11 matchup out of the four, it seems more important. It seems like something that we have to have to think about when we're looking at what matters for the state of Wisconsin for the rest of this month and going forward, because it will lead a very sour taste in everybody's mouth if Wisconsin finishes the year on a three-game losing streak or loses three of their last four and Johnny Davis is off in the NBA as a projected lottery pick. And a team like Iowa, who I, I feel like is like Wisconsin second half, right? Iowa is so hot right now. Iowa is a team that people are picking to the final four, uh, which we'll talk about in that overthink here. Uh, so it's like if Iowa gets in in that region, and will Wisconsin fans even be more sort of incredulous about the whole thing? We'll see. So that Wisconsin on the importance ranking, we'll put them there. We'll put them to the side as we'll rank everything when we get there. Um, also, too, just really quick on Wisconsin before we go on to Marquette. Um, Elite eight, final four for Wisconsin in terms of importance. I don't think they need to get to the lead eight. I don't think they need to get to the final four. I think once you get to the Sweet 16, it's house money from there. doesn't matter. If you get to the lead eight, great. If you get to the final four, awesome. If you get to the championship game, which would be crazy, that would be out of this world. But it is complete house money for the Badgers after the Sweet 16. Now, even, and someone could say, well, what if it's USC Miami and it's not Auburn, which I think could realistically happen. Um, I still think that. I, I really do because USC is a very talented team. Like, both teams are from, it's not like you're playing a schlub. Like, I would, I kind of feel differently if it was like Davidson, right? Or even like a Murray State or San Francisco. Like, no disrespect to those teams. But I, I still think Wisconsin should beat both of those teams. I look at USC and Miami, maybe Miami. I, I realize I'm kind of going back and forth here. I'm kind of debating myself, which I do because, again, no co-host. So you have to sometimes, sometimes you know, create these arguments in your head. But, like, I think USC I'd be fine with. I think Miami, if they didn't get to the Elite Eight playing Miami, that would probably be, again, a little bit of a failure, a slight failure. But, again, Sweet 16 looks good. Okay. How important is it for Marquette to win just one game? I don't think it's that important. So everything we just said about Wisconsin, about how this is a success. For Wisconsin, or for Marquette, excuse me, people won't like that. Marquette, I don't think it's that important, all right? Like, I, I really don't. Like, I, as much as I would love to see Marquette beat North Carolina and, you know, try their best against, against Baylor, which would be a complete, like, house money game, doesn't matter, like play completely loose, completely free. No one thinks you're gonna win this game, shock the world. The only people who think we're gonna win are the people in this locker room, like go out and prove them wrong, like rah, rah, all that bullshit, right? So I, I do think that it would be a feather in the cap of the first year of Shaka, but Shaka has so much more building to do. Like this is just the start. This was a complete surprise to everybody. Everybody should treat this Marquette season like a surprise. Marquette, when you're comparing them to Wisconsin, it's not like they're playing in Madison, This right? They're not playing in Chicago. They're playing in Fort Worth, Texas. There will be a Marquette contingent there. Marquette travels well. Um, but on the same token, like also, they don't have a National Player of the Year candidate. Like Justin Lewis is not at Johnny Davis's level. So if Justin Lewis was and Marquette was, let's say, a six or a five or even maybe a four, I think then I would put a little more importance on them winning one because they're favored. They should. They should take care of business. But it's an eight nine matchup. Anything can really happen in those games. I think they can frustrate Carolina. I think Baycott's going to get a ton of rebounds. Brady Maddox's going to be tough. 
But I, I do think that Marquette can win the game. But I just don't know if it matters that much in the grand scheme of things because it's already a successful year and nothing really should be taken away from this season. Anyone would have killed for a NCAA tournament berth for Marquette. Anybody, all right? Like, beginning of the year, if you said that to me and said, hey, you're going to really get into this Marquette season and they're going to pull you in after Wojo made you feel so apathetic, I would say you're fucking crazy. And sure enough, they did. And I've cared more about college basketball in general that I think than I have in like three or four years. And I think Marquette's a lot to do with that and why I'm so excited for the tournament. Moving to the NBA, the professional league, how important is it for the Bucs to have Brooke Lopez when it comes to winning a championship? Extremely important. I think we saw it in the game against Utah on Monday night. Uh, Brooke did so many good things. I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, so I don't want to belabor this, but Brooke looked very, very healthy, um, and he looks like a guy who can really sort of do some fun things with the guys they have. Uh, we saw a little bit of Javon Carter, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez all on the floor at the same time, and it was a defensive juggernaut. They were plus 12 in 11 minutes. Now, obviously, extreme sample size, but... You do th- you do see Brooke Lopez, you know, intertwi- intertwining and getting sort of into the rhythm of this team. It seems like he hasn't lost a step. Like it doesn't seem like Brooke looks slow or he looks lumbering. Like he looks really healthy. Credit to Suki for getting him kind of ready and in game shape. And I think Brooke's going to be a real factor down the stretch for the Bucks. I have trouble seeing the Bucks you know, falling to teams. I mean, I'm sure they'll lose, like, right? It's it's impossible to think the Bucs are going to win out. And I don't even know if I want the Bucs to win out. But I, I really am going to be curious when they face, you know, one of the big East teams. So I think Philadelphia is next up on that. They have a stretch where they go to Philly and Brooklyn right at the end of April. So, or I'm sorry, the end of March. And that's kind of, that. those are my, like, Brooke, Brooke Lopez moments. Like, it was nice to see him against the Jazz, but... At the end of the day, we're not going to see the Jazz in the finals. We're, we're just not. Um, but will we see Brooklyn, Port, Philadelphia, Toronto maybe in the playoffs? Absolutely. Toronto, obviously, we've, we've already ran the course with them. It did not go well. But let's see. The first first kind of test on that is Chicago. Now, actually, Brook Lopez is going to eat. I mean, that's a big moment for him because he gets basically no defense. They have no interior defense. Memphis, I think, is mildly interesting um, next Saturday night uh, in Memphis. I think that is a good look, too. Jaron Jackson, Brooke Lopez. Man, I didn't realize this. The Bucs have a road road trip next week. Memphis, Philly, Brooklyn. Jesus. And then they go home to face the Clippers, home to face Luka, and then at Chicago, home for Boston. Wow. That is a fucking stretch for them we knew it was gonna be hard but i didn't realize like now once you see it on paper you're like holy shit like eh, that's that's something else but yeah brooks brooks gonna get tested brooks gonna have have opportunities to sort of make his presence felt i think it's nice too that you know they place sacramento on wednesday and then they get a few days off before facing minnesota to round out their road trip uh before heading home as the fiser will no longer be inhabited by the ncaa tournament as that's the reason why the bucks are taking the trip along with many of the other teams that are traveling uh this weekend how important is are how important is it for the brewers to get additional power bats to their lineup so they did add did add andrew mccutcheon 
the question, I guess, is will the Brewers do more? Brewers are in a decent spot right now. They lost Dan Vogelbach. He goes to the Pirates on a two-year deal, I think, a one-year and a player option. Uh, so Vogelbach now no longer a member of the crew. I think that's actually a nice ad for the Pirates because uh, Vogelbach can definitely hit that short porch and right. Uh, will probably be their DH. I'm so sad to see Big Dan go. I loved Vogelbach. Danny Double Cheese, man. We had so many fun moments with him. Uh, definitely a fan favorite. So to see Vogelbach depart really does suck. Uh, but what are you going to do? That's that's how it goes sometimes, right? And Vogelbach now not, no longer part of the team. So do they replace it with better power? Uh, I've won Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has been at the top of my wish list. I think it's an unrealistic thing. I also made a comment about Anthony Rizzo. And the Brewers would have been in Anthony Rizzo's range. Like, it was two years, $32 million with an opt-out after the first year. And he takes that deal with the Yankees. Um, so he would not come to the Brewers, which uh, I would have loved to see Cubs fans melt down. Like, that would have been World War III for Cubs fans if Anthony Rizzo at, ended up with the Milwaukee Brewers. They would not know what to do with themselves. Rizzo is like Mr. Cub. And I think there's going to be a lot of Cubs fans that are mad that Rizzo doesn't come back there. I guess they're kind of sniffing around with Eric Hosmer, uh, which, I mean, look, Hosmer, you just, I'm not sure. I I don't know who I'd rather have between Hosmer or Rizzo. Um, You know, Hosmer, at least, you know, he has to produce because he had a million dollar wedding. So this guy has to make sure that he keeps the checks flowing. But yeah, I, I don't think it's that important for the Brewers to add a power bat. I really don't. I think their lineup is pretty solid. I think they can keep kind of doing the fringe stuff like the Andrew McCutcheon. Find some more guys who kind of mash against lefties. I think that's really important. I think they need to kind of replace that Manny Pena uh, in their lineup. Uh, the backup catcher who can really kind of assault left-handers. Not to say that Omar Narvaez can't hit from the right side, but I think that would be a really important thing for the Brewers. Um, and, and yeah, just getting a little more power in the infield, right? Like, what's to say that Luis Urias couldn't take a step back? I think Weicho is actually going to have a pretty good year, as well as Willie Adamas. Like, I am very high on Adamas and Urias. I think the combination there is really special. And I think we undervalue Urias because of his size. And I know that I make fun of short kings all the time. But Luis might be my favorite short king. Um, so... I would like you all to put some respect on that name um, because I, I think Weicho is a little bit underrated for what he did last season. I think we forget that Weicho was a legit, reliable hitter. Like, he's hitting ninth this year, but I I would not be surprised if he moves up the order as the year goes on or if he's in ninth by design uh, as Craig Council kind of uses him as like a second leadoff hitter because I, I really do think he's... He has some moments in him. I, I do. And I'm, I buy, I would buy some Weicho stock. Like if you gave me some Weicho stock, you gave me a Weicho NFT, I'd be, I'd take it. I would, I would invest greatly in it. But yeah, Brewers could use a little help on that first base. I know Roddy Telez is there, but you know, maybe a little right-handed, you know, compliment to Roddy Telez would be great. And who knows, maybe because of Telez and others, they're, they're priced out of Schwarber on, and not necessarily looking that way. Going back to football, how important is it to get Rasul Douglas back? So one of the news stories that did come out yesterday was that Rasul Douglas is now kind of wavering on the Packers. There's some few teams calling. I'm not really surprised, right? I'm not surprised that other teams have reached out. Um, my friend Murph kind of posed the thing that maybe they offered Rasul the same contract as Devondre Campbell. 
Devondre took it, and so they pulled it from Rasul and told him, go look for other offers and then come back to us, and we'll be happy to either counter or tell you to go take that deal. Who knows, right? I, I would love to keep Rasul Douglas. I think Rasul Douglas is a fan favorite. I think everybody really liked him. I think he had some major moments and really got embraced by the city of Green Bay and the state of Wisconsin. That said, I don't know how important it is to get Rasul back. Um, I, it, it would be great to have sort of this three-headed monster of Sewell, Jair, and Eric Stokes. But I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't fit, right? Maybe they don't necessarily have a plan for Rasul. And Rasul was a great, you know, did a great job sort of holding that outside corner position. But maybe he overperformed. And maybe they have a number in mind and they're like, you're going to be in the nickel corner. That's all really we can promise you. Like, we want to see what Stokes can do. Or you and Stokes are going to battle for the second spot. And that's all we can promise at this point. I'm not sure. So I don't think it's that important. Uh, but I do think there are going to be fans who will be outraged if he goes somewhere else. Like, let's say he goes to Denver. Um, just total hypothetical. But if he goes to Denver, since Denver's signing a lot of people, like he, he four-year, $48 million deal, um, I don't know. I, I think we have to just kind of maybe take it for a grain of salt and understand that we have a pretty good secondary, as is right now. Rasul would just make it better. Lastly, how important is it to avoid Brooklyn in the first round for the Bucks? It's not that important. Um, if he, they face Brooklyn, like Kyrie went off tonight. He had 60 points. It was awesome. Uh, he could have got 100. to. He, I mean, he, Brooklyn absolutely destroyed Orlando. I bet on Orlando, so shame on me. Um, but 150 to 108 uh, was an all-timer from Kyrie, and he was in his bag, as the kids would like to say, and continues to sort of play with a motivation. Like, I think Kyrie has a chip on his shoulder, and while I don't necessarily think it's important to avoid Brooklyn, I do think Brooklyn is maybe the most dangerous eight seed or one of the more dangerous eight seeds. They're going to try to outscore everybody. Can they outscore a team like the Bucs who actually plays defense? I don't know, right? Like, I have no idea if they're going to actually be able to. They're playing Dallas uh, Wednesday night. Dallas plays very good defense. So Jason K sucks to admit how good, good of a job Jason Kidd has done uh, with Dallas. That's... That's a tough one. Uh, very tough pill to swallow, but maybe Jason Kidd needed that type of team. Also, too, Jason Kidd has a little bit of Scott Skiles in him where he's coaching the same team for three or four years, and that's like, oh, this guy's an asshole. That's like, yeah, we, we all know. We Everyone knows that Jason Kidd is a complete prick. That said, um, you know, we'll see what Brooklyn does against them tomorrow. Um, also, on top of that, uh, looking at a team when Kyrie is kind of on the road facing a very good defense. I don't know if they've really faced one recently. Let's see here. Well, because like Philly, I, I really can't count Philly because Philly just looked terrible. I mean, Philly's defense, yes, by by stats, it is it is a very good team, but uh, defensively they looked awful in that game. So you can't you kind of have to throw it out. So they have Dallas at home. Then they are then they play Portland at home. Doesn't matter. Throw that out. They go to Memphis next Wednesday night. Now there there is an interesting one from and then at Miami on Saturday. So you go at Miami and at Memphis. Um, wow, next Saturday night for hoops. Jesus, you have Bucks, Bucks Grizzlies and 
uh, Heat Nets. Uh, but yeah, so the Heat matchup, will, those will be two really good barometer games to really see if this implementation of just let's outrun everybody works. I'm not sure Nash can do the seven seconds or less offense with against everybody i think he can do it against certain teams like uh, teams like orlando teams like charlotte right but i don't know if it's going to work against you know the top top tier teams yes it did work against philly but there was a lot of added motivation going into that one all right so now we have everything so if you were following along you're still hanging here with us we have rogers with the super bowl badgers in the sweet 16 brooke lopez importance to a championship Milwaukee Brewers making moves, Marquette winning a game, Rasul Douglas, and avoiding Brooklyn in the first round. How do we rank them? I will put the Badgers game to the Sweet 16 over Rodgers to the Super Bowl. I know you're going to say, oh, Charlie, it's a short-term importance. I think there are a lot of people that want to see that and that know that really feel like it needs to happen. I think that's a very important thing right now. I think the Rodgers to the Super Bowl would be my number two. I think number three, I think I think it's going to be, I'm going to put Brewers making moves uh, just again, more than immediate. Four, I will put Brooke Lopez in the championship. Five, we'll put at Marquette winning a game. Uh, we'll put Rasul at sixth and we'll put Brooklyn at seven. So that is the importance rankings for the month of March. If anything I missed, please let me know. Um, we'll do this again in April if the response is good. All right, let's talk about overthinking our bracket, and then we'll do a little bit on we'll we'll do a little bit on overthinking our bracket, and then we'll talk about myself getting into crazy fantasy football, fantasy basketball, baseball situations. First with the bracket. First with the bracket. It, you know, I, I swear to God, this happens every year where I look at a bracket and I really should just put down my immediate gut reactions because I did a bracket today and I'm already like overthinking everything. Like I'm already sort of looking at it and overthinking the entire thing that I did. Like that I put it together. I'm like, shit, I don't like this. I put kansas to beat kentucky as the national champion and everybody's like well you should stick to one bracket you should just have one bracket and friends of mine get go crazy about this with fantasy football where i have multiple teams so i i cheer for multiple players They're like oh do you cheer for the whole league it's like no not really like i have i have my themes there i, I think that's the the thing that gets lost in this is like you'll always have themes but you won't necessarily you ne won't necessarily have like the like random where it's like I don't have I have Kentucky losing in the second round to Loyal or uh, to Murray State right, but where I've started to like do some overthinking, uh, admittedly, is the Duke part. Um, I I want Duke to fail. I want Duke to fall flat on their face. Um, it's not even that I hate Duke. It's just that this Coach K stuff has really bothered me. That said, I look at it and I don't see a way Duke doesn't get to the Sweet Sixteen or even the Elite Eight. Uh, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be those double-digit Sweet 16 teams because they're always them. It's just a matter of getting them right. And that's that's the bitch of the beast, right? Like teams that I'm kind of targeting into that Sweet 16 uh, for, top, for a double-digit seed, Rutgers, so I'll be paying attention to Rutgers Notre Dame tonight, uh, Chattanooga, UAB, Loyola, 
I think people who think Michigan is, is going to beat Colorado State are crazy. Those are that's some people's trendy upset. I think you have to put South Dakota State in there, even though I think Iowa South Dakota State might be first to one fifty. Iowa South Dakota State would be an awesome fucking basketball game. I, I really kind of want to see that. Miami, another double digit seed that I could see there. I don't think San Francisco has what it takes. Virginia Tech, I'm a little weary about, honestly. Like I could see Virginia Tech beating Texas and then beating Purdue and getting to the Sweet 16, but they just won, what, four straight games, five straight games? So that's where the overthink, right? Like I, I picked Virginia Tech in this first bracket I did, but now I really think about it more and it's like, man, they just played five straight days of basketball. We've seen this before, right? We saw this with Georgetown last year where Georgetown played a bunch of games uh, in the Big East tournament. They get into the actual tournament and they get absolutely mollywhopped. Do like Mike Young, the coach, a lot better then I like Patrick Ewing. The other thing is like, I don't necessarily want to go chalk, but chalk usually wins. Like if I look at this and I say, who are the final four teams? If you just went bracket by, if you went region by region, I would say it's Gonzaga, it's Duke. And then in another tier, it's Texas Tech. And then I, I don't think it's anybody else. Like, I don't think Arkansas, I don't think Connecticut, sure as shit, don't think Alabama. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at when it comes to the West. When it comes to the South, I really think it's Arizona or Tennessee, and that's no no one else. Like I, Villanova, I just can't necessarily get over the hump with Villanova. I don't know what it is. I I feel like Villanova has a bad loss in them. Uh, they, I mean, they should have lost St. John's uh, in the semifinal, or no, it was a quarterfinal, excuse me. And they didn't. Now the UConn win was very gritty, and then they were able to again grind out a game against Creighton. But how many more times is Villanova going to be able to grind out a, a basketball game? So I don't know. I kind of like Loyola to maybe go into the Sweet 16 again. Though I was listening to someone about Ohio State, and they're like, "Well, if Ohio State, they needed some rest. They need, but man, they were really, really bad down the stretch. And I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about Ohio State." against a pretty good Loyola team with a lot of guys who've been here before. So, okay, so now we have, unofficially, we have Duke, we have Gonzaga, we have Arizona and Tennessee. Those would be our teams where we're like, those are final four teams. We're gonna say Villanova, Texas Tech are in a second tier. I'm not even gonna put Illinois or Houston in there because I, I really do think both could lose in the first round. So I'm not putting either of those teams in there. And I don't expect like Colorado State to make like some sort of Cinderella run. In the Midwest, uh, you know, Kansas, Auburn, you have to put in there with their talent, but man, oh man, Auburn on the road this year has been about as untrustworthy as a fart after you've had Taco Bell. How about that for a John Ross scenism? Um, <laughs> uh, Wisconsin, I think you throw in there, but again, there's not a ton of trust. I, I, they were a team who got lucky a lot last this year. Same with Providence. Same and Iowa has not been to a fucking Sweet 16 until 1999, so we're now all ready to put Iowa in our Final Four. Like that, that seems wild to me. That we're just I'm gonna throw out a many years of lack of success. Like if you wanted to do the lack of success bracket um, and say, all right, what's your Final Four from that, where it's completely bucks the trend, it would be Iowa, Iowa, Tennessee, Purdue, and. I don't know if I'd put, I don't know if anyone has like that for the West region, maybe Memphis. I don't know. There's really not a great example for the West, but those three for sure, Tennessee, 
Iowa and Purdue, no question about it. But yeah, I I would say in the Midwest, I'll, I'll throw Iowa from a talent perspective in there. But you gotta imagine there is a untrustworthiness there. So they have four teams that I think really could get to the Final Four, and then in the in the East, I think the East is kind of the bracket of death because I could easily see Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, UCLA on the turn on the on the Final Four, and honestly, I could see Texas there, like. Am I going to pick it? Absolutely fucking not. I'm not. But Texas has a really good coach in Chris Beer. And they could easily, you know, sort of make a run. Also, could Murray State do like a Loyola and beat rival Kentucky? Who's not really a rival, but it's like the Loyola-Illinois thing we saw last year. Could Murray State win that game, then beat Purdue or Texas, then move on to beat Baylor? And Murray State's this... You know Cinderella story, and they are the Cinderella of the year. It's possible, and I'm putting them in that bracket. But so you get how easy it is to go chalk. So I think it all comes down to where where are your double digits going to happen? Will there be any three fourteen upsets? I I don't think so. Like I would recommend against picking a three fourteen. I do think you should pick a four thirteen. Um, I actually would probably have two. I think if I'm thinking about it. Definitely having two, and definitely have a couple uh, five twelves, six. You know, you gotta have a, a little bit of upsets. You just can't go too crazy. And you guys know that. You don't need bat bracket tips and tricks from a guy who hasn't won in many a years. It's been a while for for your boy. All right, let's wrap up the show. Uh, we're gonna finish up with a couple of crazy scenarios, stories, things that I'm involved with right now. Um, so first of all, uh, I entered a pool today. That was the NCAA, the NIT, the CBI, and the TBC, which is the Basketball Classic, not to be confused with Tulsa Basketball Club. I've had picks for all of them, um, which is absolute bananas, um, and you get scored you know, properly. That's where I had some of my overthink. Now I'm rethinking that entire bracket and wish I could redo it 10 times over. But I can't, and there you have it. So... I, I know I'm stuck, stuck with those picks, but that to me is absurd. Like it, it, I think the only reason I'm doing it is because I was so dialed in with picking college basketball games that I just know a lot of these teams. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. Why not just put pen to paper? I'm not saying I'll be right. I'm not saying I'll be wrong, but it, it's, it's worth my time. Then I'm in a fantasy baseball league where it's NL keeper only. There are a ton of rules. These guys have played since like the 80s since they were in high school um i'm coming on due to a friend inviting me and i'm really kind of excited for it like i'm bad with fantasy baseball or fantasy basketball where i have to pay so much attention but what's cool about this one is it's all roto where so i don't have to set any lineup so i don't have to worry about if uh fucking max scherzer is pitching tomorrow or not it's like everybody's just set in stone. Those are your guys, and there you go. And but they make trades. There's a lot of discussion. It's it's pretty like aggressive. Like it's a intense fantasy league. And sometimes with me, I'm not great in those settings. Like I'm in a dynasty league, which is awesome. NFL one, super fun. But some of those guys really like pay attention to it like every day, every week. Like I'm just like in and out, especially during the season. I'm not as like, again, dialed in as I should be. So that's going to be a challenge. Um, we'll we'll have to figure that out, but we'll we'll get it done. So yeah, it's a quick little Chuck's Corner there. I told you, I said it was going to be a short show. It's not a short show. It's like 40 minutes. So 
if you guys were like, oh my God, Charlie's only giving us 20 minutes today. No, I was giving 40. I know I said Mitch and I were supposed to do the podcast today. I should have mentioned that. Mitch and I tomorrow. So Mitch and I will have a podcast tomorrow. Again, a little more evergreen so you can watch it while you enjoy a tournament. And then we'll be back Friday uh, right before probably the game start. Um, probably do it. I don't know. I, I'm just going to say right now, there's a potential we could do not do a Friday pod or if we do a pod, it might just be like a quick Marquette thing. And then that's it. And that's all you get uh, because our minds are going to be elsewhere. And so maybe that's what I should promise for Friday. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself a good good Wednesday. I'll be back tomorrow. See you. Bye.